can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. This is where the fun begins. Welcome to Jedi Knights, the official Star Wars podcast for Joy Clicks. My name is Mike Connors, and always, I have my co-pilot in the co-pilot seat. We're traveling through the holonet in the Millennium Falcon. Once again, that doesn't even make any sense. Christian Buckley, how are you, man? I am well, Michael Connors. Thank you for asking. It has been a minute, but I am excited to be back in this co-pilot seat. The butt indent is still in the Falcon from where I left it, and it feels comfy. It feels good, you know? I, I'm real comfortable in the seat. How, how are you feeling? It's, I'm, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, to the audience, Christian and I switch off pilot, co-pilot, you know, just like, even even though I, I host these most of the time, I still give some Christians some time with sticks. You know, have mm-hmm. to always. Mm-hmm. Chewie sometimes flies the pilot. It flies the Falcon. <laughs> no, he doesn't fly the pilot. That doesn't make any sense. He flies <laughs> that Falcon sometimes like a champ, Mike. Yeah, he definitely knows. He definitely knows how to bypass bypass the compressor. You know, mm-hmm. just like Ray does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, enough with this. Um, I'm doing good, man. Uh, we haven't recorded in, in quite a bit. It's just, it's been probably like half a month since we last got together. Uh, we've, we've both been, you know, doing stuff ever since, but we're back. We're getting ready for Andor. We're talking about some sweet Star Wars news that we were kind of, you know, that, that dropped as we were, uh, on our break. It's September 1st as we're recording this right now. Um, and I'm just ready to, to get into it, man. Yeah, Mike, I'm also ready, and I'm also sad, because in a perfect world, we would be talking about the first three episodes of Andor on this episode, because it was originally supposed to come out right. yesterday, but um, still, packed show, lots to discuss, lots to pontificate on, so. Well, I, you know, just to correct you a little bit, I think we'd only be watching the first two episodes of Andor, correct? Because I think they add the third one when I... they moved it out to the 28th. I think you're correct. I think they did say, a, "Hey, we're sorry. Here's an extra one." <laughs> so I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how that happened. Yes, but what uh, I will be watching tonight is the first two episodes of Rings of Power, Mike. The other epic sci-fi, not fantasy, words. Lord of the Rings and Star Wars go hand in hand, right? <laughs> those, those are two big things up there in uh, yeah, cinema. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Even though I've like never gotten through the first movie, yeah. Definitely. I get it, man. I get it. You know, I get it. <laughs> uh, I thought that came out tomorrow. It just just come out at like midnight today, or what? Nine p.m. Eastern time, my friend. Amazon out here Ooh. with East Coast friendly debuts. You love. To oh see my it. gosh, that's actually great. That's really smart of them. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think, right? One of the four conglomerates of the world can handle releasing something simultaneously you know wild well i get hopefully this uh you know pushes other companies cough cough disney uh to release stuff the night before you know i just feel like that's that makes more sense yeah anyways man we got a pack show tonight i'm really excited to just dive right deep into it uh, I actually went to the Rogue One screening in IMAX, yeah. uh, and I saw t- I saw ten minutes of uh, Andor, and I will be talking about that at the end of the show. So definitely stick around, uh, keep it locked here 
on Jedi Knights. And we're going to start this off as we usually do with From the Jedi Archives. This is a segment in which Christian and I both choose a uh, page from Wikipedia, a.k.a. the Sacred Jedi Texts. And we bring it to the table and we talk about it and we educate you and each other on uh, this piece of Star Wars lore, whether it be canon or legends. Uh, so, Christian, what you bring to the table today? Mike, I got a timely one. I got one that is fitting for the season. Don't let the pumpkin spice confuse you. We are technically still in summer until September 21st, I think. I chose Glare Shades. Glare Shades? Are these like sunglasses, kind of? You nailed it. Glare Shades, also known as Glow Shades, Sunglasses, Dark Visors, or sunshades, were a piece of eyewear used to either protect one's eyes from direct exposure to sunlight or just as a nod to fashion. Interesting. So, sunglasses. Because lots of people wear them just for the fashion of it. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you ever done that? Have you ever walked out somewhere being like, I'm wearing the shades today even though it's a little cloudy? Uh, yeah, dude. Honestly, sometimes I, I wear the shades inside. I know that's kind of that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are going to think like, oh, he must be an asshole because he wears his, his shades inside sometimes. But you just need to feel cool sometimes, you know, Christian? You just mm-hmm. kind of like embrace it. So, yeah, I risk looking like a douchebag just to wear my shades inside. I mean, hey, I absolutely did that as well in high school on those spirit weeks where it's like, yeah, I'm going to rock out with like the blue sunglasses because those were uh, the, the colors of the... Uh the school or the t- the okay. class or whatever it was so Com- comparing me to a high schooler thank you christian hey <laughs> hey you know you know it, it just matters how you carry yourself that's it man that's you can do whatever you want as long as you're respectful and i'm i'm sure you are so true that rock true out that. with the sunglasses hell yeah thank thank you man. i i that's very true but that's a great pick uh I'm wondering where the appearances of this are from. Like, what? <laughs> like, where did this pop up? The, the glare shades. So we got them in Knights of the Old Republic 4, I assume is a comic. Uh, Jedi Academy, Return of the Padawan. Um, Star Wars Galaxies video game. The key art for this page is indeed a woman wearing glare shades. Uh, in a video game fashion, she looks like a video game character. Um, Star Wars Dark Forces, a lot of games, um, and Ooh. Star Wars Tiny Death Star, what was that? I thought that was an app. I, I don't know, I don't know what that is. Oh, do you remember Tiny Tower, like that iPod Touch thing where you, like, managed a mall? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I actually played this game, Star Wars Tiny Death Star was Tiny tower which was the mall thing or maybe it was called tiny mall i forget um you you did that before the death star so it's like oh i want to put like a like a food court here and like a laser station here but it was star wars themed interesting yeah cool game yeah i remember those i I never played those it got a 70 on metacritic so maybe you should check this one out if it's still available (laughs) so I might have to. Yeah, <laughs> it well, seems like it seems like there's a chance that that's not around. So I, I would bet no, but I will. <laughs> I will do a quick research on that, Mike. But in the meantime, what did you bring? 
Okay, so um, for some reason, many months ago, I had pre-ordered an action figure, a Star Wars action figure. And it's probably not the one that you're thinking about, Christian, if, if you've been following my action figure collecting journey. Um, and it, it arrived in the mail like a week ago. It's Nalan Chiel. Are you familiar with Nalan Chiel, Christian? I can confidently tell you that I am not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Nalan Chiel, uh, he was... They were, I don't know if it was he, uh, a Bith musician who played a band fill as a regular member of the band Figrin Don and the Modal Nodes. Shortly before the Battle of Yavin, Chiel and the other members of the band played at Shaolin's spaceport cantina on the planet Tatooine when Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi visited trying to find a pilot to take them to the planet of Alderaan. So he's one of the band members, essentially in the uh the cantina bit and uh we love we love him for that he plays like a bagpipe looking instrument um and yeah i don't know why i bought him i just thought he looked cool he came with like a bunch of stuff um so yeah that's 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 pretty cool in my opinion that is a very cool pick i have never once even considered that those characters had names or species name. I don't know why. I think every time I see them in my head, I just go like, oh, they're that guys. Like, that's how I associate them. Like, that's their names. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole song is in their name. <laughs> that's cool, though. That's a good pick. I never, I never, never knew that. And there's such a key, iconic thing in Star Wars. Good pick to say um as someone who loves the soundtracks the cantina band number two is there's two versions of cantina band Mm -hmm. and the cantina band number two is way better than number one so that's how you really know you know that's how you're you know you're out here with those uh those spotify plays john williams in your spotify wrapped mike i don't have spotify is he in your apple uh, recap whatever it's called uh, if they don't call it the recapple report they definitely don't. Uh, for the longest time, they didn't have anything like that, and I always felt super left out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's definitely up there. I listen to him a lot, mm-hmm. especially like when I'm driving and stuff. It's perfect driving music. Oh yeah, just Battle of the Heroes or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just a nerd. <laughs> hey, I that that set the tone when i was younger my cousin who like introduced me to star wars whenever he would like drive around uh he also played john williams star wars music in the car so like that is just my preferred car music at this point is like movie soundtracks and stuff so i get it so uh both great picks loved the uh glare shades thought that was really cool and also nylon shield Shout out to our boy, Melon Shield. Uh, Christian, you added this here. Um, going into some of the news that we got here, uh, Star Wars The Acolyte. Um, this is a show that listeners know I'm really excited for. It's supposed to be set in the High Republic. There's supposed to be a lot of stuff going on with it. Um, it takes 200 years. It takes place 200 years before The Phantom Menace. Um, and they are constructing a set in Berkshire, United Kingdom. This is via Bespin Bulletin. I'm not exactly sure how they know it's for the Acolyte, 
Um, but it's definitely interesting to see. The picture is kind of hard to tell what's mm -hmm. going on. Um, if anybody's seen a set photo before, like from the paparazzi, they definitely would recognize something like this. Just a lot of scaffolding and like pieces of wood. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see that they're actually moving forward with this. If this to, is to be believed. Yeah. We saw something similar, I think the spring before this. So like 2021 spring for Andor, right? I was going to say for Kenobi. Cause I remember there was those pictures and like the TikToker people found the set, like the behind view of the set, but Andor uh, for sure a while ago was also um, this way. And from my knowledge of like actual film production stuff, uh, when there's set construction, there is usually there's always signage up for what it's for. However, it's typically under a code name, and I think we know what the code name is for the acolyte. I haven't; it's not at the top of my head, but I think it is out there. So if you see the code name and you're in the know, you're like, "Oh, that's the acolyte," you know? Right. So there's also the possibility that somebody who works on the set like told the photographer yeah. in confidence or just like on background or something like that mm -hmm. um so yeah it's pretty interesting um I'm, I'm still really curious as to like what this show even is i feel like that's what i've been saying for the past like maybe two years at this point since we've known about it right it was like it was a uh, december or something 2020 that we learned about it it's almost two years from now uh from then so i don't know what direction it's going in other than like the setting and the time period. And I'm just really excited for it. I, this is probably one of the most exciting things on the horizon for me, at least. Yeah. I, I think what's exciting about this and the reason there's so much excitement around it from both of us and other like sections of the fandom is that like out of all the shows announced, this is the one that has the potential to both break new ground and also, change our view on things that we feel so comfortable with in star wars right because it is taking place like somewhat close to the phantom menace with all things considered right but like far enough away that they can really introduce some very new exciting concepts that feel very fresh you know also there is the fact that i, I mean, this might not be a fact but i, I believe it's been talked about that the show is going to take like a Sith focus approach in terms of the, um, the characters in the main story. Um, that logo at least is very damning. That is probably going to be about some Sith characters. So yeah, I think all those things in mind, there's just so much the acolyte is laying out that literally every other Star Wars project is not doing. So I mean, that's why I'm stoked. And the fact that they're putting this set up, I imagine means we'd probably see something of it maybe a year from now. And I imagine this is a like a spring 2024 release, unless there is a window out there already. But I, I would probably say prep for that. Yeah, I would say if it's not 2020, like late, late 2023. Yeah. Kind of like Book of Boba Fett style. Yeah, like, like New Year's Eve. Yeah, <laughs> like the craziest. Uh, if it's not that, then it will be spring 2024. Uh, I think that's pretty reasonable to assume. Yeah, so we I, I don't think there's been much casting outside of the, the lead 
for the accolade, but I'm sure as we approach and as we get through next year, we'll hear more and more about um, a, a better idea of like what the actual full-blown plot is and casting and all that stuff. So excited. It's the next era, I guess, of Disney plus Star Wars is uh, this in Ahsoka, you know? Yeah, it could also be that they have an idea for this, right? And they're not exactly sure on the cast. And they're like just filming a pilot or something like that to show executives before they move forward. Um, I know that happened with like Game of Thrones. There was like a whole pilot film for HBO, a whole episode film, like different actors and stuff. Um, They just didn't like it and they chose different actors and it worked. So that could be a possibility too. Because we haven't heard about any of this. Usually we hear about an actor before they start filming, you know. So I be- at least that's I believe Sorry. at Comic Con we did get casting for the lead. Then uh, I take all of that back. <laughs> yes, okay. Um Mandela Stenberg, they were announced to be the lead for uh the show. And I remember we talked about something they posted on their Instagram talking about it i think around comic-con it was them next to an rtd2 or something and said like oh super happy i think they were wearing like a darth maul t-shirt so they're the lead they are the star of the accolade and i think in an interview after that the only nugget we got out of them about the show is that whoever the i forget who the showrunner is or the writer said that the like the concept of the show was built around the casting of this lead so that's all we know outside of the logo and the vibes and end of the higher public time period but still thank god you yeah thank god you remember that yeah plenty of room to know more (laughs) things about that as we approach next year all right uh thank god you knew about that i I did not uh moving on (laughs) let's see if anything else to say about the accolade no, nah, I'm stoked, man. It's like my next project I'm really excited to see out of Star Wars, I think. I think I'm more excited for Mandalorian Season 3. Like, I was thinking about it, like, after I spoke last. Mm. I think I'm most excited for that. Outside of Andor, because Andor is what I'm really excited for. But yeah. outside of that, like, I yeah, Mando Season 3 I'm really excited for. I would say Andor's number one, Acolyte's number two. Mando season three. This is a topic for a different day. I'm a little worried about Mando season three, Mike. Why? I don't know. I I I I I have Walking Dead fears about that show. Where it's like, oh yeah, this is really great. We're going somewhere with this, and it's like, and we're still going somewhere with this, and we're still and oh oh oh, and now it's 19 seasons. Okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. And I have faith, you know. It's, it's just a small little doubt in the back of my mind. It's a small little fear that will only grow. But, um, like I said, I'm still excited for it. I mean, I'm sure it's still going to be good. But I, I do think that after the way Season 2 ended, there's there's obviously still character stuff to explore. But i'm saying i'm saying mr dave filoni how much more character stuff is there to explore i think so Uh, yeah i would have to say you're probably right with that um i see where you come from yeah it's still my third most excited thing though it's still like right behind acolyte i'm still excited (laughs) so and or acolyte mando yes and i know what i said probably on the same level actually 
see, we just don't know much about it. I mean, Ahsoka's pretty cool, to be honest, yeah. from what we know about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. But interesting. Anyway. Uh, anyways, uh, speaking of Andor, actually, uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter, very reputable, Diego Luna says Andor will challenge what you know about Rogue One. Uh, this is something that you said in the article, quote, we're going to come to you and say, no, listen, things were not the way you imagined. They were this way. This had to happen for someone to become the person you know. Uh, so I, I would assume that, you know, Andor is probably going to, this is probably like him saying that Andor is going to be like kind of a shady dude, in my opinion, mm-hmm. like super, super shady, like mm-hmm. in the early years of his life. To be honest, the first time we see him in Rogue One, he just, like, kills a guy for no reason. He kills an ally, so, like, right? Yeah, he kills he kills an ally with, like, no remorse, which is, like, you know, I, I understand his rationale, but, like, that's pretty cold-blooded, you know? Mm-hmm. So, be- so, I don't know. Because of that, Mike... Is there a world where Diego Luna's comments could mean that the Andor we're about to see in this show is a plucky, hopeful rebel spy and he will become burned maybe in like the end of the season or season two? And that's what's challenging because like we're expecting Cassian to be this like no holds barred mission comes first guy. But what if he didn't start that way? Similar to Solo, a Star Wars story. Solo couldn't give a damn in A New Hope. And we see why. It's because his heart got crushed in Solo. Is it, do you think that's what we're challenging? Or do you think he's going to just super lean into the darkness in this? Because my first um, instinct was he's not going to be as dark as we think he was. You know. See, I've been... Okay, so that's an interesting perspective for sure. That's something interesting to bring up. The only, the only thing I'd say about that is that we've seen like a lot of talk about how this is like a really dark show sure. and like it's not really for children etc 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 like that kind of thing right uh so if that is to be believed then i think that maybe cassian is going to you know i'm not saying maybe the writers kind of like embraced that brutal side to cassian andor mm-hmm. which is like what i would put my money on but I, I also I also think that there is a possibility that they're just going to show you how he got to that point. Um, which is honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, probably more practical, to be quite honest. But like, yeah. from what I saw in, and it's not much, but from what I saw in the teaser that I went to in, in IMAX and everything, he still seemed kind of like a skeptical sort of figure. Sure. Well, I mean, if we're, since we're talking about Andor now, if you want to talk a bit more to that footage you saw, I think that could probably maybe paint what he's talking about in this quote, if you feel like talking about it here. Yeah, sure. I could talk about it here. Uh, so like I said, I went to see Rogue One in IMAX. I mean, my girlfriend, she hadn't ever seen Rogue One, actually. And uh, she really liked it. Nice. <laughs> she Did said it, she said it was action packed. Is what she said. Nice. Does she like other Star Wars stuff? Because I know some people who don't love like general Star Wars also really connect with Rogue One, and like a lot of people love Rogue One. But I'm just curious. Like, 
she she watched Obi-Wan actually and she said she really liked that. Cool. Um but yeah, I'd have to say that like she's trust me, she's watched the Star Wars movies. Oh, I'm sure. And she, and she isn't really a huge fan of like the episodic movies. Sure. Which is like okay, I get it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's whatever. I'm kind of like crazy about it, so like maybe she just wants to have the opposite opinion but whatever yeah you know i I get that i get that for sure but how how was uh seeing rogue one in the imax briefly i know we're gonna review it closer to the release of andor but like there's some great shots of some very large structures in that film how did that look at imax yeah so i saw it on the biggest imax screen in connecticut actually Mm -hmm. um really a flex obviously Mm -hmm. uh and yeah it was really cool the uh just the whole movie was like extremely big in its scale um i really enjoyed just like the whole i was just enthralled throughout the entire thing even though i've seen it like so many times Mm -hmm. the movie just like hooks you straight from the beginning and just brings you the entire way and it ends in such like such like a spectacle that it's like so hard to look away from uh, I really loved it. I've always loved it. It was fucking awesome. But before they showed us Rogue One, getting circling back to what we were talking about, they showed us a 10-minute teaser of Andor. Uh, there was there was like a little like intro scene with Cassie with uh, Diego Luna, and um, it was Diego Luna, and I think it was Tony Gilroy. They were talking about Rogue One they were kind of like setting up the clip. Uh, so the clip was 10 minutes. I'm going to go into a little bit of spoilers here just because that's what I saw. Um, that's what I want to talk about. Sure. Uh, so just be aware. If you're very, very sensitive, skip ahead, like maybe like five, six minutes. So. Yeah. Skip ahead. If you, if you don't want to hear that. Um, so I'm wondering, just, I'm going to start this off with a question. Christian, did you see the two-minute clip that they put out online of Andor, like the Disney accounts? I did not, because I was content with the trailer, but I'm fine hearing descriptions. Okay, yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious, mm-hmm. because the very beginning of that, descri- of, of that ten-minute clip that we saw is, two, is that clip, basically, that's like a minute and a half, maybe two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's between the Skarsgård that's in it mm-hmm. and uh, Diego Luna. They're in some sort of uh, looks like manufacturing uh, place, sort of like a facility of some sort. And they're just like in a big empty room. And they're talking to one another. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård tells Diego Luna. Uh, you know, asks him about some sort of like MacGuffin that he has. Of course. Um, it's like some piece of like Imperial tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cassie Andor is like, Oh, I just like walked." He was like, basically like, how did you get it? Cassie Andor said, I just walked in there. Like I belonged. Um, like there's, and there's a, that quote from the trailer where he's basically like, they're so fat. They're so content with themselves. Like, you could just basically, they, they'd never suspect that somebody like me was the one who was like spitting in their food and all that kind of stuff. 
And uh, Stellan Skarsgård is basically like, okay, like, interesting. And he starts to tell him about, like, fomenting, like, rebellion, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, I hadn't seen this before. I wasn't, like, really taking notes. Um, but there was, like, a lot of talk, basically. Basically, the main thing is that Stellan Skarsgård was trying to recruit Diego Luna for something. Um, it was kind of unclear exactly what it was. Um, and as they were talking about that, they get interrupted uh, by some security force. The same security force that we saw in the trailers. Uh, we were speculating that they might be like some hired Imperial guard of some sort. Um, they were like going house to house in the trailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were them. Started firing on Cassian and Stellan Skarsgård character. And uh, as they were getting fired upon, they start firing back. And basically, like, they used their surroundings to escape uh, that room that they were in. And that was basically it. Okay. So, I should have taken notes, but I was really enthralled. I was with my girlfriend. Wasn't really thinking about it. But yeah, that's, that's what I saw. Nice. The most exciting thing that you just said there was the talking for me personally. Um, mainly because I love spy things, heist things, but specifically just like people in Star Wars talking together about like made up problems that exist only in Star Wars is so cool. Um, so... I'm all on board for that. And from what we've seen of that trailer, like all the stuff with like the Senate buildings and Mon Mothma, like that's one of the things that I'm most excited about with this show outside of how beautiful it looks. So um, I guess were you enthralled mainly by the dialogue or was it just everything you think? I think it was more than the performances. Um, I'm, I'm really a huge fan of Stellan Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played... Vladimir Harkonnen in Dune, which I hope you watch sometime soon, Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also naked in Thor 2. Was he really? Yeah, he was running around Stonehenge, uh, butt-ass nude, going nuts oh, or something. Right, because he played... Oh, what was the name of his Selvig. character's name? Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Um, he was also in Thor Love and Thunder, wasn't he? Yeah, he's in a bunch um, of Thor movies. He's in a bunch of Marvel stuff. Anyways, uh, I just really love him. I really love Diego Luna. I like the character of Cassian Andor. Um, it was just visually interesting. Mm-hmm. I just remember like thinking about the sound design and everything. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård character's blaster sounds like way different than anything I've ever heard. And I was Whoa. like, what the heck? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, Basically, as I said, you know, they were just talking about, like, he was trying to recruit him, basically, for his cause mm-hmm. um, against the Empire and everything. Um, it was interesting. It was really interesting. I'm excited to see more more from it. Um, it had a very tense feeling to it. Um, it felt like some of the dialogue scenes in, like, Rogue One, basically, had that nice. sort of, like, same same sort of vibe. It, 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 felt, it felt right going before Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like it was it matched it kind of like tonally, and yeah, it's just like it's really interesting. I don't know what to say. 
did they say what episode that was from like was that an episode one no. clip or okay they said they said nothing i don't know well i assume it's from one of the premiere episodes i would i would guess it's yeah definitely probably from one of the first three mm-hmm. um, yeah cassie andor had like delivered him basically some sort of item from the imperials i don't know what it is very cool well, it sounds great. I'm glad you uh, enjoyed. I know you're a Rogue One stan, but uh, very, very exciting to hear all that stuff coming from that preview. Because I, I can't wait for the show. I really do wish that we already had the episodes. Me too. Uh, they gave me a really cool poster too, which a uh, funny experience actually. The guy sitting at, you know how like when you go into the movie theater, there's a guy who like scans your phone or something like that to like check your ticket and tells you where to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he like scanned my tickets for me and my girlfriend and he was like, all right, like you're going to be on the right, like, you know, theater number or whatever. And I was like, thanks. And I got like, went to the bathroom, like got a few snacks, came back and I saw all these people with like posters and I was like, what kind of poster is that? So I went up to somebody and I was like, yo, where'd you get that poster? And they were like, oh, this Andor poster. And I was like, yeah, where'd you get that? And they're like the guy at the front who's scanning the tickets. So I had to go back up to him and ask him for a poster. <laughs> and he's like, oh, sorry, I forgot that they were here. And I was like, it's all good. <laughs> I'm dead. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, exciting stuff out of Andor. I'm stoked. I'm stoked, too. It's going to be good. Uh, moving on from that, we have an Empire Magazine interview with Ryan Johnson. Woo! Uh, so we've been, yes, we've been speculating here on Jedi Knights. Is the Ryan Johnson trilogy dead? Never. We haven't heard. We haven't heard anything about it for the longest time. When was the last time we heard something official about it? Must have been like 2018, 2019, like something crazy. I think so. I, I do think that there was somebody earlier this year that was like, hey, calm down. But yes, it's been a minute since we've heard like full blown. This is official published straight from the horse's mouth sort of thing, you know. Right. Well, anyways, Ryan Johnson himself, he says that he's still on board for a Star Wars trilogy. So uh, he told Empire Magazine, quote, it's just at this point, a matter of schedule and when it can happen. It would break my heart if I were finished, if I couldn't get back in that sandbox at some point. Me uh, too, Ryan. Yeah, same. <laughs> same. Uh, obviously, I think Netflix picked up uh, Glass Onion is the name of the next Knives Out movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that should be coming out sometime this year, which is like super hype. Can't wait for like a trailer or something. Where's that? Uh but I know he's on like a few movie deal with Netflix, like for three or four movies. So I, I'm not sure if that's going to be a hindrance to him working with Disney for Star Wars. Yeah. And I mean, I, now that I'm thinking of it, I think the last time we heard something was when we got that Empire, that last Empire magazine thing that was like the future of Star Wars, remember? And it was like uh, the the cover was like... Pedro, Diego Luna, uh, Rosario Dawson, and Ewan all on the cover. 
Yep. I think there was an interview with Kathleen Kennedy in there where she said, like, Ryan's trilogy still on the table. So we've heard it from Lucasfilm. Now we're, we're hearing it from Ryan. I hope, man. I my In an ideal world, Glass Onion ships. Maybe he does his next Knives Out movie for Netflix, and then we get the first of the Ryan Johnson trilogy, and then he does another Knives Out. And then he does the next Star Wars thing, and then he does the next, you know, alternate. Like, just go back and forth and finish off that that deal. Because I imagine the next project he does isn't going to be his first installment of the Star Wars trilogy, which I believe he said they're all written a while ago, I think he said uh- that. I don't know if he said they were all written. Or like there were treatments that he had ready for a trilogy? Yeah, I think he had treatments for a trilogy, yep. So. He had an idea. He had an idea for a whole trilogy. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know, do you think it's foolish to think that his next movie would be a Star Wars movie after Glass Onion? Or do you think he's got another uh, Benoit Blanc movie before he does a Star Wars thing again? Unfortunately, I think he has a few, one or two more Benoit Blanc movies before he makes a Star Wars movie again. I mean, hey, I love Knives Out, so I will take them, just as long as we get his Star Wars trilogy still. Agreed, agreed. I mean, think about it this way. He goes through making a trilogy of, of uh, Knives Out movies. He's going to be more prepared to make a trilogy of Star Wars movies, okay? Mm-hmm. Just saying just saying that is a very good point. you know even even though he's already made a star wars movie forget that <laughs> that is also true so well looking forward to it also looking forward to glass onion looks sick hell yeah we got some news about the bad batch i love the bad batch we both love the bad batch i'm pretty sure I like it more than you, definitely. I really, uh, really liked it. I don't know if I'd say I loved it, but I really liked it a lot, mostly. I would, I would say I love it. Um, anyways, season two. This is uh, confirmed to be coming out on September 28th. So available to stream on Disney Plus on the 28th of September. Uh, this uh, description from Disney, I believe, says... The Bad Batch returns with Clone Force 99 and Omega as they continue to navigate their journey through a rapidly changing galaxy after the fall of the Republic. Watch as the heroes complete daring missions across the galaxy, meeting friend and foe, both old and new, along the way. Um, This is pretty hype. I think we had talked about this maybe like two episodes ago, one episode ago, um, and we had seen that Disney Plus on the app had shown that like the Bad Batch season two is coming out on the twenty eighth. So this is good news. Yes. Um, good news. Yes. I. It's gonna be a lot of Star Wars to watch every week, which is not a problem. But I'm surprised now when we've had just such a long gap between uh, Obi Wan and Andor, and I, I clearly they probably needed the extra time right it's not like they were sitting on a whole season ready to be done and shipped but it, definitely an interesting choice to have what andor on is andor on wednesdays i can't keep track anymore man uh i believe so i believe andor. okay so it's we're gonna andor's on sorry andor on 
Wednesday, Bad Batch on Friday, it seems. Or, no, yeah. the same day? Same day, same day. Man, <laughs> one of them's going to move. One of them is going to move, right? Probably. Doesn't seem like it. We're not that far out, man. I know. Well, sometimes, like, She-Hulk shifted to Thursdays, like, two weeks before the first episode came out. It's possible. If that's true, then it's possible. Yeah. I hope. But I hope it's not Andor. I hope Andor doesn't get delayed again. Like, Bad Batch pushed two days. Please. <laughs> oh, they would not delay Andor again. They would delay the Bad Batch. Yeah, it's sure. just... Uh, the reason I'm... I don't know is because if this is the official Disney speak and if they double down on this on Disney plus day, I don't think either are going to move. <laughs> so I'm also looking at, they're saying available to stream on Disney plus from the 28th of December so that I guess that would include the 28th of December, right? September, September. Yeah. I was yes. thinking like, is that just like a really like, slick way for them to say like yeah like after september and 28th on you'll be able to watch it right yeah i think so interesting uh moving on from that we got a d23 teaser poster i didn't realize this was the 100th year but yeah here we are coming up on 2023 and uh i guess that's why they call it d23 eh? anyways this poster is pretty cool very symmetrical but it's got the uh, Slave One, it's got an X-Wing, it's got Baby Yoda, all sort of adorning a castle with Mickey at the forefront and Disney 100 below him. Uh, so, very cool. I, I think this is really neat. Yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, D23 is happening on the 9th of September, I believe, and that is going to showcase presumably a bunch of star wars stuff like you said you pointed out baby yoda we got um we got the n1 starfighter on the left side matching up with the x-wing on the right oh yeah Saw that. uh is the the right um pillar the like middle right pillar not the low one the high one to the right of that is that the training ball i think that is the training ball yeah okay Regardless, there's a lot of Star Wars stuff in this poster. The Ahsoka uh, face markings are directly above Mickey. So. Oh, whoa, whoa. Crazy. I bet we're going to hear some Star Wars things out of D23, Mike. Uh, you know, it's it's looking like it. <laughs> are you expecting any trailers to drop? I know, well, D23 is next week, I think next friday yep yeah so we'll have another episode before d23 unless we change our schedule at all but yeah this is uh the the pre pre d23 one in terms of release or the pre d23 episode in terms of release um so any wild thoughts or any hopes out of d23 i guess uh get an official version of the mandalorian trailer that'd be nice that's what i want that's what i want yeah, um, maybe something to something to promote the Bad Batch. Yeah, that'd be cool too. Maybe we only have that one trailer, I think. Yeah, maybe some footage from Ahsoka, mm -hmm. or maybe even a teaser. I don't know. 
so worth noting d23 very different from disney plus day i think disney plus day is happening during d23 but d23 as a whole encompasses everything like people think there's going to be marvel movie news here mcu stuff do you think there's a chance we get any star wars movie news out of this possibly possibly I, I didn't realize that this was just Disney Plus related. If it's just Disney in general, then perhaps it uh, is. I, would, I, yeah, then then yeah, probably. I don't know what that would look like though. It could be anything. It could be the revival of Patty Jenkins movie. It could be something completely different. I don't know. I hope, man. Just get just get Ryan on a stage. Maybe that's why he's talking about it. You know, that would be pretty sick. Not expecting that, but hoping, you know, um, worth mentioning the day before this September 8th, there is a Disney slash Marvel games presentation happening. Um, so Disney games includes plenty of star Wars properties. So maybe, very late next week on thursday we could also get some news in addition to the d23 stuff maybe some stuff about uh jedi survivor or any new star wars games like there's going to be a lot of news next week when it comes to star wars for sure from gaming to tv to maybe movies so well we're moving from a drought to uh, a fountain you know Mm -hmm. we found an oasis yeah. Let's move on from that. So we were talking a lot about the KOTOR remake. Uh, both Christian and I have played KOTOR. Christian, you played it on stream. We've talked about it a lot in this podcast. Uh, we've been extremely... We talked about the Nintendo Switch versions of it. Yeah, man. We've been hyped. Uh, we both love this game. And we also were hyped for the Knights of the Old Republic remake. That was going to be, uh, it was like a Sony thing, correct? Uh, or not a Sony thing, just like a PlayStation exclusive. Um, but for some reason, after what was reportedly just like poor showings of the game and it's like early development stages, uh, the publisher, or developer of the game sort of like killed it. Or publisher of the game sort of killed it. Um, so Embracer, parent com- company of developer Aspire, has revealed that one of its AAA projects, which is one of just signs point to KOTOR, has transitioned to another studio within the group. Uh, so it's no longer with Aspire. According to this, it might be with something else. Yeah. So, so it's enough. Earlier this year, when I started to get worried... We talked about this on the show. There were reports that it was in trouble and that um, Saber Interactive, which is also a studio owned by the Embracer Group, uh, Saber Interactive was put on to assist Aspire in the development of KOTOR Remake. So the Eurogamer report, and I think Jason Trier also has said some things about this um, since all of this went down. Um, Apparently... Saber Interactive is the studio that is fully in charge of this game now, 
and the earliest to expect it is like maybe late 2024 um originally i think we talked about this last time we recorded the plan was to release it this year but clearly did not happen so um saber interactive picking up where aspire left off probably retooling a lot of things um i don't still know how i really feel about this if i'm being honest mike um saber interactive such hits as world war z the game the evil dead game which came out earlier this year um yeah they 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 ship a lot of things like uh i i don't know they're they're not the first studio i'd think of and neither was aspire honestly when i think about remaking a game with such a storied legacy as kotor but i mean if the people over at the uh disney games licensing stuff think that it's in better hands with saber then i'll believe it until we see it and i can judge for myself but it's not dead which is the story here which is i guess nice yeah that is nice um i'm not really familiar with saber interactive are those the only two games that they've no they've they've done a lot of games they've done a lot of things um i'm running through they worked on the master chief collection they worked on um let's see here there was another one i saw that i noticed um i think they worked on comet evolved anniversary edition when that came out Um, oh interesting it was them in 343 um they did work on Crisis Remastered, um, WWE 2K Battlegrounds, like I said, World War Z. So, gotcha. A okay. lot of, I'd say a lot of double A stuff outside of working on remasters of really big games like uh, Halo and Crisis and stuff like that. Well, you know, like you said, the the positive is that it's not dead, and we'll have to see it when it comes out if it's any good. Moving on from that, uh, we have another Jedi Fallen Order sequel. There's a Jedi Survivor prequel book, so this is going to be a companion to uh, Jedi, Jedi uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor the sequel to Fallen Order. It's called Je- Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars, a new novel from Delray, written by Sam Maggs, finds Order 66 survivor Cal Kestis leading the Mantis crew on an adventure set between the critically acclaimed Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. It's going to arrive March 7th, 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is really exciting. My first thought with this was in the Star Wars jedi survivor trailer we saw like a man the mantis sort of like crashed and it looked like sort of overrun by the earth in some ways so i'm wondering if we're going to get some explanation for that maybe uh some more context to like their relationship after the events of fallen order um I'm, i'm just really excited for what this might entail yeah um on the creative side 
Sam Maggs was on the KOTOR remake uh, as a writer. And I I came across her like a year or two ago, I think, on TikTok because she just like made a lot of TikToks about being a writer. Um, so that's cool. Um, I think, I don't remember if she left the KOTOR team, but the fact that she's penning a Cal Kestis adventure is awesome. Um, very much looking forward to reading this. That date, though... There were, we're hearing rumors and rumblings that maybe Jedi Survivor's out March of 2023. You think this book is arriving a couple weeks before the game, maybe? Yeah, I would say this game is probably coming out in April, late March, April, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and this book is coming out right before it, just to set it up, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and honestly, it's for me it's gonna work i feel like i see a future in which i'll buy this book and read it you know (laughs) uh before playing the game so yeah um i I think this is maybe the first star wars book that is not like one where you decide like we should read that for content like this is maybe the first star wars book that's going to be coming out that i'm like oh i feel like i need to read this because i really like jedi fallen order really like that cast very worried about where they may be and uh wondering what the state of those characters are for survivor based off those trailers so i gotta know man i gotta know what happened to grease and marin and seer and the little uh rat fox thing you know definitely man i feel invested in those characters i just want to like know what happens to them i want to know their full story you know yeah, how, uh, how do you feel about that? How do you feel that they're doing a pretty significant time jump between games and then potentially some of these characters... Like, do you think any of them are going to be dead? Or, like, anyone, any of them are, like, not going to be in the sequel, but maybe in the book? Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. Like, I could see, like, Grease, like, just, like, not showing up and then just, like, mourning his death. Something like that. I don't Breeze know. has been found dead in Miami. Like, is that what we're dealing with here? <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. That's so funny. Do you yeah, like basically. that? I don't know how I feel uh, about that. No. I mean, I know that's Star Wars' no. thing, but like, I would, I would like expect that if that were to happen, like the book would like tell you how Breeze died. You yeah. Know? And like give it context, but like in that, even if that is the case, it's like. What are you gonna like force people to read a book before you before you play the damn game? Like that's that's kind of messed up. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, like if, if you Gre- shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to read a book to like fully enjoy it, you know? Yeah. I mean, like if Grease is dead, and you assume that this book takes place closer to Fallen Order than Survivor, I guess, um, or maybe in the middle. If Grease dies in this book, a couple of years pass, and then Survivor happens, like Kale's probably done mourning. You know, maybe he has a picture of Grease in his poncho to remember him by. And then like you see that game, he wakes up from a dream and it's like, if he didn't read the book, it's like, Oh no, Grease died. But like greasy money, baby. I need that in the sequel. You know? Yeah, man. Same. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm definitely going to read it. Uh, oh, same. Just seems like too good to be too good. Too good. Yeah. I, I would love if Cameron Monaghan did the audiobook for this. That would be cool. 
because I would. Or the guy, or the guy who voices Grease. Why not? In, in Grease, they should do it as Grease. That'd be cool. That'd be very cool. I'd be into that. Has Cameron Monaghan uh, done any other audiobooks? I don't know, but. Like, I don't know if Ashley Eckstein has done other audiobooks either besides the Ahsoka one, you know? So, like, I think it's on the table, you know? Enough money, I'm sure you do it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So. I'm just saying it would be, right, yeah. be easier to digest, I think, leading up to a game, the lead actor telling a story about the character besides, the you know, like, reading it like a nonstop addict, you know? True. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that's everything, man. Do you have anything else to, to say about any of the news or? Uh, I don't think so. Big week. Next week's probably going to be even bigger with news and trailers and announcements for things. So looking forward to that. But I think that's it, man. Oh, I'm totally looking forward, man. So, yeah, why don't you take a set to see, man? Sure thing, Mike. Where can everybody find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike P. Corners. Very nice. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Chun2D2. You can find the show on Twitter at Jedi Knights JC. That is Jedi Knights without a K. Uh, you can also look us up on your favorite podcast service like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just look up Joy Clicks or Jedi Knights, once again, without a K, and you will find the show. Rating and reviewing is a very quick and easy way to help us out. Tapping five stars takes a second. Helps us reach more people. Same thing with leaving a quick blurb if you enjoy the show on the review section. And if you want to support the shows further, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash joyclicks at the $1 and $5 tiers. Five bucks will give you producer credit on every show we produce like Aaron Easton and Jose Garcia. So thank you very much. And that is Jedi Knights. We will be back as we approach Andor. As a reminder... I uh, probably expect the episode the week before and or to be the uh, the big Rogue One discussion. So it's coming up. A lot of Star Wars heading our way. But until oh, then, yeah. we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? May the force be with you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're right. Beep is up.